Women Taking the Lead, Episode 41. We all find ourselves with things that we do with grace and ease. We do them so easily that what we do is we discount how talented we are at it. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Welcome to Women Taking the Lead podcast, and I'm your host, Jody Flynn. I'm excited to be bringing you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to promote women, to cause the change, and bring about more appreciation of women as leaders. We can gain a lot of insights from men. So from time to time, I'm going to be interviewing men who work with women around their leadership development. And as our guest today, we have Steve Kidd, who is a third-generation minister and business coach who has actually been selling since he was five years old. He's the first ever male host on the EWN radio network with his show, Thriving Entrepreneur. And Steve works with his wife, Kathy, and together they are WeHelpYouThrive.com, where they help people discover their passion and release it with authority into the world. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And tell us a little bit more about you so everyone has a good sense of who they're listening to right now. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really kind of been a fun journey that is my life, you know, as the as you said, my father and my grandfather were both ministers and although I've worked in and around church most of my time has been spent doing the really weird kind of things. I was actually the lead singer in a Christian rock band in the mid 80s. Um, and what I discovered really quickly with uh, being in ministry is is uh, you have to do that because you're passionate about it, not because you expect to ever pay your bills with it. <laughs> uh, and so I've also been in business. You know, I I started selling as a, as a child uh, as a way to have money, and it just kind of spoiled me. I learned that I could go out with a sales skill and make money in a couple of days that a lot of my peers couldn't make in their whole year working at McDonald's. And so I've kind of always been in that industry. In the late 1980s, around 1988, I began actually working with insurance salespeople, helping them understand that this new laptop computer, though considerably heavier than they are now, (laughs) um, could be very useful for uh, showing their customers. Insurance is one of those very esoteric, mental kind of things. And to have charts and graphs and pictures and things like that that they could show people really helped accelerate that industry to be uh, more in touch with their customers in presentations. Um, And so I've been coaching uh, business people ever since then. Uh, For the last 20 years, that's pretty well revolved around something to do with being online. Um, I worked actually um, as the operations manager for a dial-up company in, in late 1995, 96. So about 20 years ago now, <laughs> I was uh, helping people dial into the internet. Hopefully you're not using dial-up connections anymore. <laughs> I don't think we'd be able to do what we're doing right now if I had a dial-up connection. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, every Lots once of- in a while, just as soon as I say that, I run into somebody 
and he's like, oh, no, I still use my modem. And I'm like, for what? Sending a fax? I mean, yeah. what do you do with a modem? Um, I still have people who give me their AOL email address, too. Yeah, actually, my stepmom still uses AOL um, in spite of all of the not so positive things I've said about it to her. Um, but you know, it's what she's comfortable with. So that's what's, that's, what's important. But yeah, I, I work with uh, women coaches and we really basically help them be the expert that they are. I believe very strongly that all of us were created for a purpose that we are uniquely brilliant and that the world needs whatever our gifting is. It, it doesn't have to be huge. So often we look at people like Oprah or Lisa Nichols or, you know, insert name here, um, people. And we're like, well, I would never be able to measure up to that level of expertise and experience. And the truth of the matter is, is that some of the most impactful people that I can think of are people who have impacted the lives of like, say, for example, their children. I mean, I don't remember what her first name is, but I've heard Billy Graham talk on many occasions about how impactful his mother raising him was on his ability to impact the entirety of the world with the ministry that he had. And and there, the list goes on and on of people who would contribute directly their success to the learning and the training that their mother gave them. And I don't think we want to diminish that any more than we would want to diminish, you know, the lady that's the CEO currently of eBay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and Steve, that's a great segue because I wanted you to kick us off with a story about a woman who has impacted you as a leader. So can you tell us about her? Oh, her name's Lily. Lily is an amazing person. I was so fortunate to work in her office. I was actually uh, proud to call myself the second in command at her sales office. She was a distributor for, at the time that I worked for her, for the Kirby Vacuum Cleaner Company, um, you know, selling door to door. And I learned so much from her about people and about leadership. She was an amazingly talented woman. Now, I've had other discussions, and so I want to make sure that I say this right because I I want to make sure that I explain how empowering her approach was. She approached every situation with a uh, with a conflict from a I'm the owner of this company. Therefore, I take 100 percent responsibility for everything that happens in my company. Um, so let's move blame off of the table and let's now begin to talk about what can we do to resolve this issue. I mean, it was so graceful that she did it. It was just amazing to watch her because people are usually ready when it comes to confrontation to fight. You know, I mean, that's why they call it a confrontation. And she immediately disarmed them and put them in a place where they were then working with her to try to find a resolution to something that honestly they didn't want to resolve when they started the meeting. Um, and it was so amazing to be able to spend the time that I was uh, working with her, helping oversee some of her, uh, you know, consulting with her and opening with the sales that she was doing in the office there. Uh, I really, really appreciated Lily's ability to work with grace and ease with people and and turn enemies into friends uh, i i can't rave enough about how great of a how, how great of a, a trainer she was to me what a great example i was just talking with another woman last week about those moments as a you know 
as a business owner or anyone who provides any sort of customer service, we're human and we're going to make mistakes with the best of intentions, with the most organized setup system. Sometimes, you know, balls drop and, but there's that moment. And, you know, she was saying how she had like missed a meeting because, you know, it just didn't go into the calendar. Right. And, you know, what I was saying to her was, you know, though we don't intend to make mistakes, mistakes can be a really great customer service opportunity because you're showing who you can be when stuff's hitting the fan, right? When things aren't going right, what, what can you do and how can you step, step up to provide great customer service to your clients and to your customers? And we both said at the same time, instead of the blame game, mm-hmm. right? Cause as soon as you start blaming somebody else for the mistake, even if it was somebody else's mistake, it disempowers you and it turns people off Mm -hmm. and they're no longer impressed with you. But by taking a hundred percent responsibility for, you know, apologizing for any mistake, but looking at how can we make this right? That's a huge opportunity to show your strength to provide customer service and take care of you. So that's a great lesson to learn at a young age. I can't say enough about that. So that's, that's awesome. We're now we're going to go a little deeper. What is something you see that holds women back? Most of the time, it is not really embracing their passion. Uh, we all find, and it's not just women, but I think women think about this one more and or feel about it more. We all find ourselves with things that we do with grace and ease. We do them so easily that what we do is we discount how talented we are at it. We can do a task that seems nonchalant to us. You know, we we don't even think about it. We just do it. And the people around us are amazed, but if they come to us and they say, wow, you did a really great job with that, uh, we tend to go, huh, well, you know, thanks. And, and we blow it off rather than embracing the fact that uh, what we did was very impactful and very empowering. Um, and so that's the number one thing that I see, especially females in business really struggle with is really understanding that that thing that you're passionate about, that you talk about all the time, you know, you talk about it all the time to the extent where your children are rolling their eyes when they hear you bring up that subject. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That is a secret clue that it's your passion coming out. It's spilling out of you. Um, you know, we said at the beginning, I'm a third generation minister, so I, I don't get real bible on you, but the Bible does have a really great statement. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what that really means is, is that what the core of you is can't help but come out of what you say. And those are the kind of things that we need to not hold back. We need to let those go. We need to empower that passion in our lives rather than make excuses for, um, you know, how well it's no big deal that I did such and such. Oh, Steve, that's so great because that is a trend that we've been talking about on the show. A couple of things you pointed to is women tend to not like the spotlight. Not all women, right? Let's be clear. (laughs) Not all women, but women, um, especially when it comes to leadership roles, generally have a tendency to um, 
not want to own that they were really successful at something or that they, they, they won or they did something great. They don't want the hoopla. You know, they're willing to take the spotlight to get the work done, right? But not to say, I did this, you know, look, I accomplished this. And also they have big dreams, but they tend not to share them unless they think they can achieve it. Mm. So when you talk about passion, when I think, when I think about that, I think of, you know, that, that really big vision that you want to create in the world. But what I'm finding is women, um, until all the pieces come together and they know it can be success, will tend to shy away from talking about it when actually what is likely to make it more successful, to bring it about, to manifest it, is talking about it and sharing it. Because when you do that, your passion does come alive and you inspire other people to help you see your vision through. So that was beautifully said. So thank you so much. Um, Now, moving a little bit further down the line, what have you learned from the women you've mentored? The biggest thing... I mean, there's so many, but really probably the primary one is that, uh, you know, the old phrase is people don't care how much you know until you they know how much you care. And it, it's kind of one of those phrases that gets thrown around and has lost its meaning. But what I found in working with women is there's – and this doesn't just necessarily apply to women, but there is a sense of – People really want to know when they're doing business with you that it's important to you. You know, we've all been in the grocery store with a clerk that was less than their best. And without diving into what may have been going on in their day, um, we've even had experiences where we've walked out of a store because the service was below a standard we are willing to spend our money for. Um, and, and the reason why I bring that up is, is because the opposite of that is so transparently true that I think we often discount how impactful it is when somebody smiles at us and says, how's your day? And they really mean it, not just, you know, like a trite, how's your day? You know, but they really right. mean, you know, hey, what's going on with you? Are you doing good? You know, are they, or as we're leaving, they say, hey, I hope you really have a good day. And again, like you said, they, they say it with meaning. They really, really mean that. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I've really learned from some very empowering uh, clients of mine is that that caring, um, when you lead with that, um, there's a book actually called The Greatest Salesman in the World um, by Ogmandino. And he writes in that one of the phrases is that I will approach the people I come up, uh, come in contact with, with love in my heart. And I will say internally about them that I love you, that we take the intent up front of being loving and being caring for the persons and people that we're coming in contact with um, right up front. That that's probably the number one lesson I've learned from some of the some of the best clients I've had. And what I'm taking from what you're saying, Steve, too, because I think you're right. When people hear, you know, you got to show people how much you care, they think of these like great leaps of action, you know, the these super big um gestures towards people to show that they care. But what you're pointing to is the simple everyday things that you can do. Just be present in the moment, be aware and be sincere. Now it's 
sounds easy. I know it, it takes something, but with practice, you can get really good at those things to just be in the moment and just interact with the person who's in front of you and be sincere. And I love that, like that, that quote, um, from the greatest salesman in the world, the, just to be like in that moment where you're being present, like put love in your heart. Mm. Right. And say to yourself, I'm going to because I've I've done something similar to that and it works. You know, when I have to do um, when I'm in a speaking engagement and I have to stand up in front of a room full of people, I look around the room and I tell myself, everyone here is my friend Mm. and they all want me to win. You know, and that just changes my perspective. So when you're interacting with the person in front of you and you're saying to yourself, I I have love for this person, there is love in my heart for this person, that will change your interaction. Another one I do, you'll appreciate this, Steve, when I'm really irritated with somebody Mm. (laughs) and I don't want to interact with them, but it's the right thing to do is to, you know, you know, maintain the relationship, interact with them. Well, what I say to myself is they are a child of God and God loves them as much as they love me, as much as he loves me. And that for me gives me a whole new space for the person I'm dealing with that. And my, I find my frustration goes away and I have a lot more patience. Um, so that is beautiful, Steve. You, re- you are interesting to talk to. You really get me thinking about a lot of things. So, so actually... Here's, here's a great question for you. What changes do you see are necessary for more women to step up as leaders? It's kind of fun because I was actually having this conversation with an amazing leader, Sandra Yancey, who was the, who founded and is still the leader of of the E-Women Network. Um, And she was talking about the fact that, um, you know, there's only about 2% of women that are are making over a million dollars out of all the women entrepreneurs that are out there. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, they're doing things that they don't themselves feel empowered from. It's not coming from the... uh, the heart, the core of who they are. Um, you know, they join a makeup company or, um, you know, a fitness company or something like that because it's a trend, but it's not where their passion is. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Yes. And, um, because of that, it, it works really, really well for a time because it's really trendy. And so everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, but then it falls off. And the reason why it falls off is because they aren't really, truly passionate themselves about it. And so by tapping into the core of who we are and being the best us we can be. So when you approach, say, for example, a makeup product that you're selling, but you realize that you're the brand, you're the reason why your company succeeds. It's your unique brilliance that makes for the impact. Um, We then begin to, as I like to call it, shine our expertise, you know, uh, be the celebrity in our industry because of the fact that the product is a byproduct of that celebrity rather than, um, you know, we're pushing and hoping that somebody is going to, buy a product, we're actually approaching it from a help standpoint, which works so good for women because then there's meaning to what they're doing that goes beyond just, uh, 
you know, hey, I've got rent to pay this month. And if I don't sell X number of products, um, you know, the kids aren't going to get to have lunch today kind of a thing. We we put that meaning in it, if, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting as you say that because my sister started selling Mary Kay. And I remember when she told me she was going to do this, I was chuckling a little <laughs> bit because she didn't, she didn't wear makeup. Mm. And I said to her, I go, you know what this means, right? You're going to have to start wearing makeup every day. I'm like, you are the brand, you're the promotion. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to teach other women how to put on makeup, you, you have to do this yourself. And she was totally open to it and she did it and she, it was fun for her for a while. But like you said, that's not her passion, right? She could do it. It was interesting for a while, but then it kind of, you know, her attention was elsewhere. She, you know, had kids and she wanted to do more with the church and things like that. And so she ended up like, closing that down. And now she's back to only wearing makeup on special occasions, which is what she did mm -hmm. before this company. So I think that's the thing too, is like, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, where women have to identify and talk openly about what makes them passionate, you know, for them to really have the lives they want to live. I actually have one of my clients that I was even dealing with last week who had gotten to a fairly decent level of success with the particular network marketing company she was in. And we were doing a coaching call. And um, what came out of the call was the fact that she wasn't happy. She was making money. Um, her husband was able to not have to work overtime. And so there were some good parts of it, but she wasn't really happy and fulfilled. And in talking through that, what she ended up actually doing is writing a book. It's a really awesome book about the power of resting and about sometimes the best thing you can do to be active is to do nothing. Um, and uh, by doing that, she actually ended up uh, in the long run walking away from the network marketing company and the money that was there. And I, it was just amazing to see the night and day difference in the, in the conversation I had with her last week when she was really uh, happy about her life, even though you know, she's dealing with those new business struggles of making enough money to cover the bills. Uh, and that's really probably the best example I can give of what it means to really live out your passion. Mm, it is really draining to work for a paycheck mm. <laughs> and, and, and not much else. So yeah, it will be a night and day transformation when you find yourself in a job or in a company, you know, where your passion can come alive and be expressed. It, it's, I, we could have a whole nother podcast on that. So, <laughs> so Steve, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, um, so, and I've already kind of said it, but I definitely will say it again. I close my show every time with the phrase, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. And the reason why it's so uh, so important and impactful to me is is that I was my first client uh, when it came to really stating that and living that in their life. I went through a time, had some very personal issues that happened in my life, and uh, they took me out, if you know what I mean by that phrase. I ceased to exist in the fullness of me. In fact, in my book, I actually refer to myself as a zombie. Um, meaning that I was I was dead inside, but I was still up and walking around. And even though I'm having a lot of success right now, that wasn't the case for a while. I was at a very low point. 
And the thing that you'll find in that is that you make a lot of excuses. People will be like, are you okay? Because it's obvious that you're not. <laughs> and um, your answer is, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm doing okay. Or, you know, it's mm. as good as it can be or whatever. And you cover and pretend that you're all right when you really aren't. Um, over the course of a decade, I gained 180 pounds. Um, it's a story that I'm just now <laughs> at a place where I'm comfortable sharing. Um, I was over 450 pounds at the point that I finally had to, uh, because the doctor told me that if I didn't, I was going to die, um, had to really start taking myself seriously. Um, and the first person that I looked in the mirror and told that the world needs what you have to offer was myself. And in the climb out from that, I have found um, a joy and an ability to be able to help people that even though I was working with people through the darkest of those times, um, anything that I did to help them was was purely miraculously God helping in spite of me, not because I was, you know, living or thriving at that point. Um, and I'm happy to say that um, – you know, because of that is where my radio show and the other successes that I have experienced over the course of the last couple of years have really come from is by saying to myself, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. Mm, I call those guiding principles and everybody has to have them. So if you are listening to this episode, you probably already have one or two, but if you can't think of them, really search your heart for, it's a truth. It's not something you fake it till you make it. It's a truth, but it's there. And these guiding principles will save you in your lowest moment. They're reminders of who you are. So Steve, I love yours. I'm going to take that with me. Um, but just to share with you, the guiding principle I have, like when I'm in a low moment and I need reminding, I say to myself, you are divinely guided there is nothing you and God can't do together. Mm, I like and that. that, yeah, and it, it gets me back in the game, right? When I've taken myself out because I'm so exhausted and tired. And I loved how you describe that like a zombie because I call them the walking wounded, mm -hmm. you know, or the walking dead. You know, mm -hmm. they, you know, just like there's no, they're, they're moving, but there's no life in them. And you know, they're hurting yeah. really badly. That's a beautiful statement that anyone can take with them. So I'm definitely going to have that in the show notes. And I'll also be posting that on social media, too. So anyone can find it there and copy it and write it down for themselves. Now, Steve, what is a practice that you have that you believe helps to make you a better leader? Um, wow. And I have to pick only one. <laughs> I know. It's a tough one. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is really having to do with, um, you know, really being as much of yourself as you can be. I know we've talked a lot in this show about passion, but it really is that once you find your passion, you have to find a way to let that out. I mean, it's not that there aren't very practical things that happen in everybody's life. You know, everybody gets tired at night and needs to go to sleep in spite of how passionate you may feel about the project you're doing. Um, if you don't get enough rest, you're not going to be effective. Um, and, and there's all kinds of other daily chores that we just do because we have to in order to live. But if we don't make sure to put into our daily practice, 
doing the core of who we are, something that is really, really passionately the center of who we are. Um, it's real easy for days, weeks, months, or even years to go by and you just get lost in busyness without any real purpose or any passion. And in order to be successful, you have to be as close to the core of it, of, of who you are. A good friend of mine, um, she's actually a therapist. Her name is Jessica, but she actually, um, has a phrase that she tells her clients, stop doing what you suck at. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's kind of the opposite end of that spectrum. We do all these things because we're supposed to do them and we, don't take the time each day to do what we're really passionate about. And then we wonder why our businesses are failing or struggling is because, you know, we're playing a position that we're not good at. And what's something you do every day that you're passionate about? For me, uh, and it's so crazy, uh, but it's actually, um, being in interviews and being on the radio. I started mm-hmm. my radio show. <laughs> my wife will tell you, she spent 10 years literally telling me, Steve, you need to do a podcast. Steve, you need to do a podcast. You really got to be on. You got to, you got to have a radio show. You got to do it. And I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get around to that. You know? And I just didn't do it. And now, I mean, I, my show isn't daily yet, although I'm actually moving in that direction. Um, it's like my guilty pleasure. You know, it's, it's like a version of eating chocolate or whatever your thing is that you do, you know, to reward yourself. Um, so like, for example, being on the, on, on the show with you here today is actually literally me living my best self and, and really, uh, shining my passion. I totally get that. Totally get that, Steve. Now tell everyone how they can connect with you because they're going to want to. You've, you've, you've thrown down some good stuff. So I know people are out there wanting to know how to find out more about you and be in your world. Well, so um, fortunately, we've centrally located everything for you on our website, which is, as you mentioned at the beginning, wehelpyouthrive.com. Um and it's really easy. You just go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Um, I have a free giveaway that'll give you actually me talking through chapter one of my book. Um, so it's not just me reading to you because I think I'm kind of a boring reader, but I actually kind of go into, and we're talking the whole entire first chapter is about living your passion. Um, so, you know, we'll go into real detail about what does it mean to be a zombie and all those kind of things. And then the most exciting are our flagship ship product is our authority package. What we want to do is help you no longer be the best kept secret in your industry. We want to help you be able to be a celebrity expert. And we'll actually show you how you can get on radio shows, how you can get a bestseller in Amazon, uh, get the national media coverage that you discover that you need. Um, and, uh, we, we have a package for all of that for you. And that again is that we help you thrive Dot com. Yep. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We're all better for having met you. Oh, thanks for having me, Jody. I really appreciate it. Like I said, it's my guilty pleasure. So I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? 
Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.